Welcome back to Backlit Games, the weekly video game podcast. The only video game podcast for you to listen to. Hello. That's right. <laughs> there, no other ga- video game podcast exists. None. We're the only one. None save for this one. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Corey Faust, and join me, as always, is my very good friend, Jordan Raddick. Jordan, how are you today? I'm blown away that nobody has ever thought of this idea before to make a video game podcast. Right. We're the first ones. I know. Because no other video game podcast exists for you to listen to. So this is the only one. And um, yes. it's honestly surprising. Like we are, we're trailblazers. We're something of, mm-hmm. you know, we're a little bit ahead of our time, I would say. I, yeah. I would, I would like to think that we're futurists, mm, if anything. Yeah. Definitely. Um, But we got a jam-packed episode today. We're going to be talking about a bunch of um, basically release dates. We're going to be throwing a bunch of numbers out at you today. (laughs) But we're also going to get into a little bit of like Avengers War for Wakanda, which Jordan wants to talk about a bit. Mm. We'll talk a little bit about the Pokemon Direct. Of course, we're also going to talk about Gamescom. We're going to kind of wrap it up and do a nice little bow, talk about some of the more... Uh, bigger highlights from that show um and then of course we'll wrap up the show with some of the games that we're playing so jordan where should we start well i would say let's start uh destiny 2 which queen which queen was revealed all right Uh, launches february 22nd you, do you play Destiny 2 at all? Not anymore. I did when it first came out. So my history with Destiny is um, it was the first game I got on my PS4 when I first got a PS4 and obsessed over that game for months and months. Mm-hmm. And then um, something came I think it was like a winter break or spring break or something. And I was away from my PlayStation for like two weeks or something like that. And then I stopped playing Destiny. It like broke the the addiction that I had to it. And it was an addiction. I was very addicted to that game. I would play it way too much. Um, and then I got into Destiny 2 a little bit um, for a very, very little bit. Um, but I have not been keeping up with it. Um, how, mm-hmm. what, what is your history with this series? Have you really gotten into Destiny? I bought Destiny 2 earlier this year. Okay. But I bought the complete edition of the game um, because I was like, I, I'm big into Borderlands and I'd done everything there was to do in Borderlands 3 at the time. Okay. And I, I wanted something that uh, was going to kind of scratch that itch. Mm-hmm. And they had just dropped the native PS5 version of Destiny 2 ooh. also. So I was like, ooh, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this. Um, started playing and realized that the story content is vaulted, um, which makes it impossible for new players to catch up because why did I pay for this game for the story when I'm forced now to go on YouTube and watch the cutscenes for the story? That doesn't seem right or fair, Uh, but that's where we're at. And so I have not played (laughs) it since, uh, which... Yeah, man, I'm I'm super salty over that. You know what? I should have done my research before I made the purchase. I know. Before you come in here in the comments and start saying <laughs> start saying that I should have been an informed consumer. I I agree, but you know what? I my I have some friends that play it. 
They said, oh, we're, we're on PC with the crossplay. will be later this year, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I, they, it's really fun. It's really cool, man. And I was like, it's my birthday. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to treat myself to a game yeah. bet. Like, and I bought that and disappointment, man. Yeah. But I mean, Destiny, it has so much opportunity for for good and deep lore and at least in my experience it always leaves you wanting like it never quite dives that deep so even with the stuff that's vaulted at this point like you would had it not been vaulted and you got into that you would Mm -hmm. still be like there is something missing here no there is something missing here and it always feels like it just falls a little short. And that was my biggest complaint with it because I mean, as far as like the gameplay, the moment to moment gameplay loop, fantastic. Mm -hmm. It's so good. It's one of the best shooters, at least like these looter shooters. It's one of the best out there. The gunplay felt incredible. Yeah. Like just shooting uh, felt really, really smooth and precise, but that, yeah, man, I'm, I, I mainly play games for, the story and the lore and all, and you know, the world. Yeah. You want to, you want to get attached to the world yeah. you're in a little bit. And and that just left a bad, that practice left a bad taste in my mouth, yeah. you know, like, yeah. And I, I have not been back to the game. I have thought about it. Uh, <laughs> even when I've had, you know, spells like recently where I'm not really playing anything uh, necessarily brand new, uh, I just haven't come back. Cause that just, yeah, that leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, and you know, I I feel like I feel like that's that's going to be a thing that a lot of these uh a lot of these kinds of games do is vault mm-hmm. off old stuff and bring in new stuff, and then so that way at some point they can you know unvault that old stuff. <laughs> yeah, and I and I get I get for doing it for things like skins or events. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, even in PvE games, weapons, like PvP games is fucked up to do, but PvE, yeah, yeah, you can do it with, like, certain events, special weapons, but story content, man, Mm -hmm. like, the essential lore of, like, and not even that, like, they vaulted, if I remember reading correctly after the fact, like, they vaulted the base game story, like, so when you buy the game now, you're not even playing what was originally pressed on disc, like... I, I haven't read too much into that, like the reasoning behind that, but it, do you think that has anything to do with like, because the story from one to two or even from the like two uh, to, you know, Destiny to present has changed so much and there have been like lasting effects in like the history or the lore of that world. Like, do you, do you think they do that just because they're like, well, now that this thing has happened, these other things can't happen, that sort of thing. And then they vault it. Like sort of like to, to prevent like retconning or like writing themselves into a corner kind maybe, of maybe like, yeah. So they're like, that, I, that stuff has already happened. And now that this new stuff is happening, you know, they want the world to be kind of like persistent and like changing, you know, as, as the game goes. I, I could, I, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they want it to feel like it's alive and like, you know, it's a living, breathing thing. I, and I could see that. Um, but it, it still feels like you're really locking new players out of, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of the fun of the game. Yeah. And like, 
I there, so that I, should be an option then at that point if they want to make that creative decision to have that persistent world that you know where they do lock out some of the older stuff they should yeah. make that an option to where it's like hey you can play this older stuff it's not going to affect anything that you do like right for this or, other stuff now or make you know make that separate like that that persistent living world make it the the hub where you do a lot of your raid quests mm-hmm. and stuff like that you know like or guild stuff or uh, whatever destiny's version of that is yeah uh i didn't get super far into it but you know yeah there's there's a way to to balance the two and you know that's as cool as this which queen queen trailer was to bring us back to our original point on this like yeah it uh it just reminds me that some of the stuff that I paid for recently, I am now going to not be able to play <laughs> yeah. when it gets vaulted. And it's like, dude, like I don't have all the time in the world to play this. Like no. I gotta, I, I can play things in my pace sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so destiny Two, which can queen reveal a uh, cool trailer. Excited for everybody who's been keeping up with Destiny. I mean, yeah, I, it looks awesome. Looks like there's some new cool guns and armor and all of that stuff. Uh, not for us. <laughs> no, no, sorry. Uh, good thing that we're the only gaming podcast that people can listen to. Yeah, good thing, man. Bungie, pull it together. Wait, is it Bungie yeah. still working on it now? Yeah, it is uh, Bungie. Believe, huh? yes. They retained yeah. the rights for that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, next up, and uh, Jordan, I'll let you talk about this one because this is not something I'm too near and dear with. Oh, have you have you not played Pokemon Unite? I've watched my girlfriend play Pokemon Unite. Ah, so they they added Blissey to Pokemon Unite um, August 18th, I believe, and their Blastoise gets added September 1st. Okay. Um, which that's the only thing people were asking for when they said Blissey was coming. Like, well, where the fuck's Blastoise? <laughs> to the point where I think I'm pretty sure the Pokemon Unite Twitter just said uh, Blastoise comes September 1st, like with a period at the end. Uh, like they were just so sick of hearing <laughs> they about were just it. So done. Yeah. So <laughs> absolutely done with everyone. Um, but yeah, I, I think that'll be cool. It's, it's, Baby's first MOBA, basically, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So the tweet says, okay, trainers, Blastoise, September 1st. That is all. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. Yeah. Uh, just yeah, totally I, fed up. I, I think the game is is fun. You know, I've played it with, uh, you know, like four of my buddies in a team. Um, and we've, you know, we've really enjoyed playing together. Um, but it's also, it's very grindy. Mm-hmm. Very pay to win. Um yeah, I don't think it's something that I mean, it'll it'll have legs because it'll you know sustain on being a free to play game, and kids who are playing it will use their parents' money to buy what they need to buy to get level up their items and be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I don't see myself playing it for nah. much longer. Um, I've pretty much almost unlocked all the free content that I can out of it, uh, and that's where I wipe my hands and step away yep. pretty much uh, <laughs> since I've unlocked all the free content because I don't pay for for money in these games. Sorry, like they're fun and all, but I gotta I gotta be uh, very 
specific with what I what games I spend money on nowadays. Yeah. Yep. Um, um and other news, uh Halo Infinite uh will launch December 8th and that started off as a leaked Microsoft store listing, right? Yes. Um Microsoft then later confirmed that um at Gamescom. At Gamescom. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about Halo Infinite um, once we get to Gamescom. But yeah, that that date leaked. Um, I mean, they've been kind of hinting at like a release towards the end of the year for a while and like different interviews and conversations with like Phil Spencer and other people, mm-hmm. you know, close they to the team. They pretty committed to a, a 2021 release date one way or another. Yeah, yeah. And so. I, I saw like some, you know, murmurings online about like, november you know november november because like halo has like a history of you know releasing games in november Mm -hmm. um so that made sense um and then you know during gamescom they announced that you can pre-order um november 15th or something like that which i think Mm -hmm. is like i think that's like a halo date that's like a historical date for halo if i remember correctly um but yeah we'll talk specifically more about halo infinite uh, when we get to Gamescom, and then moving along, uh, there was also since we've been gone, there's also the Pokemon Direct. Do you guys remember that that happened? Like, <laughs> yeah, like a week and a half ago, two weeks ago at this point. <laughs> well, we were we were busy talking about our our circle that we went in. We our walked in a circle, massive circle. <laughs> Two and a half hour long circle where we decided that yes, Zelda is the best game of all time. <laughs> Ocarina of Time is the best. Yeah. No one can beat that. Yep. We could have we could have been so much quicker if we just conceded that fact right away. Just yeah. like actually, but, this is the best game. All right, that's the show. <laughs> you know what? Due diligence though. Yeah. We do our due diligence. Exactly. Here. Exactly. And being the only video game podcast, what else were you gonna listen to, really? Exactly. <laughs> Uh, but yes, the Pokemon Direct did happen, uh, showed off some more gameplay of Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl, mm-hmm. uh, as well as Pokemon Legends Arceus. Um, some new forms native to the Hisui region. Uh, both games will get Pokemon Home support in 2022. Um, what do you think? Are you going to pick either of these up? Uh, yeah. The, the, yeah, I looks- think so. If I have the... If I have- this extra spending money um i'll pick up both of them but if i'm only going to pick up one pokemon game it'll probably just be legends i uh i'm definitely getting legends yeah that comes out of my birthday so um, oh nice I, oh we gotta edit that part out of the podcast people can steal my identity that way <laughs> Shit. maybe i didn't tell them the year they don't know the year <laughs> <laughs> I think we're fine. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to probably get both. Um, my kid wants uh, Brilliant Diamond, so I'll probably end up getting Shining Pearl uh, and then trading between myself to have, to have a full Pokedex. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, nice. Using his copy and his Switch. I'll be like, yo, let me help you and help me. And bada bing, bada boom. Bada bing, um, bada boom. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm probably going to get... Uh, I'll probably do a... I'm thinking of doing a second run-through of S.H.I.E.L.D. actually because of mm-hmm. that. Um, uh, putting all of my Pokemon in Pokemon Home. I think they're all in there for the most part anyways. Uh, and then breeding like a new a 
a team of shiny Ivy bred battle ready Pokemon. Cause I'm, I got that. I got it like that. <laughs> uh, ready. To, uh, and then, you know, running through the game with them uh, and taking that over to uh, brilliant diamond shining pearl next year. Yeah. Um, but more so Arceus looks really, really fun. They yeah. seem to have smoothed out a lot of the frame rate problems uh, that yeah. they had in I, the E3 trailer. And I mean, it still looks a little rough, to be completely honest. It still looks, oh, um, yeah. you know, like it, it needs some polish for sure. And uh, but I think it'll get there. I think it'll get there. I have faith in this team. You know, uh, I mean, I'm not. I don't think it's going to be a graphical masterpiece. No, you know? I don't even think it's going to be close to Breath of the Wild. Uh, I think that we're. I'm definitely going to still have like a lot of pop in on trees and wild Pokemon and stuff like that. It's not going to have a crazy draw distance. Uh, I just. I think it'll run stably. I think that's the only thing that I, you know I really need to worry about. Yeah, uh, is if it can if it's got a consistent frame rate. Uh, and, but mechanically, from what they've shown, it looks like exactly what I would want in open world or, or Breath of the Wild style Pokemon game to be. Yeah. Yeah, it looks fun. It looks like a lot of fun. And um, I'm excited for it. Um, I mean, I, I hope they don't show anything more from this until it's like right before it releases to be yeah. completely honest because i don't need to see anymore i just i want it all to surprise me i don't want to feel overhyped on it and then be mm -hmm. let down i am i think i'm the perfect amount of hyped for it <laughs> right now yeah just looking forward to coming out i think i think if they show anything else about the game it will it will either be uh they might show off like one or two more new regional forms of Pokemon. Yeah, I could see that. Um, yeah. Or they'll do another trailer that is like the, the opening cinematic of the game. That's like a CGI cinematic that's not related to the story or anything. And just, you know, cool battle shots of Pokemon in the area, followed mm -hmm. by a, a cool shot of Arceus, you know, and then the logo comes up. Yeah. Like, uh yeah like an actual like fully polished like clean like trailer cgi trailer yeah, yeah exactly yeah i i think that's that's those are probably the only things they'll, they'll show I, I don't see them showing much more gameplay than they, what they've shown off mm -hmm. i think they'll want to keep that kind of close to the chest that seems like the smart move to me anyways yeah um especially because brilliant diamond and shining pearl only come out two months beforehand mm -hmm. in november uh, and they're not going to want to cannibalize sales that's, of either game. That's true. Um, they do like to kind of roll out the red carpet for their games, though. So I am curious if it's like they'll do another, like after Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl comes out, if they'll do like another small one or like, you know, like a little 30 minute Pokemon direct. And mm -hmm. that's like. I don't know, in December or something or late November to where they just do one final like lead up to it. You know, like, I don't know. It seems like Nintendo likes to do that. That I, final lead up to the game, you know, I, I could see that. And then I could see I could see them doing that because I could see them also doing the very Pokemon thing where they say 
if you buy the game before this date, you get a mi- special mystery gift Pokemon. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like how for X and Y, I think it was X and Y or Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire, you got that speed boost Torchic that just wrecked, <laughs> literally destroyed like the balance of the entire game. I don't remember that at all. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, you got a, you got a, a Torchic with its hidden ability so that at the end of its turn, its speed went up every single time. <laughs> and then you just use that and give a power-up punch. And it just where, wrecked. <laughs> where its attack goes up every time you use that. So its attack and speed go up every turn. And then you just... <laughs> Just completely breaks the game. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but anyways, uh, that was really cool to see more of that. And um, it looks like it's getting better and better every month that they keep working on it. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to see that come out. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. But Jordan, the moment we've been waiting for. <laughs> Let's hear it. We got to hear you talk about Avengers War for Wakanda. Man, is it uh, the is it the thing that saves Avengers the game? No. Oh <laughs> no, no, I don't think I don't think it. Um, I don't think it turns the game around entirely. I think it adds a lot of needed improvements. There's a big uh, menu overhaul with okay. with the War for Wakanda update that I think was really necessary. Um, it, even if there are parts of it that I like less than the previous menu, um, I think that the story that they added to War for Wakanda, uh, I think it's pretty good. Uh, and I say that because it's it doesn't connect to this overarching plot line that they've got going on um, that they've built up to in the base game and then the first two DLC pieces um, Operation Taking Aim and Future Imperfect which mm-hmm. are the Kate Bishop and Hawkeye DLCs uh, which the, the overarching narrative has a lot to do with um, AIM and the Cosmic Cube and uh, the Kree Scroll or the Kree Invasion okay. I said Kree Scroll War um, and this war for the war for Wakanda story is much more focused on Wakanda and and issues with T'Challa and Shuri and Claw invading and Aim is connected to it, you know, without spoiling anything. Uh, Aim is is connected to the story, but not in a way that feels impactful. Mm-hmm. Um, or impactful at least to this overall narrative that's going on uh, there that they're trying to build to we're trying to build to they may have abandoned it maybe the game is completely dead and they're not you know gonna fulfill their dream of wherever it was supposed to go um, mm-hmm. but I really think that more than anything I'm frustrated because they nail how each character is supposed to play Black Panther feels so good to play as like he's yeah. got these vib- his range attack is like these vibranium daggers like he's just like when he like throws them out mm-hmm. his like ultimate attack is like he summons the panther god and like goes around oh okay and just like uh can like whoop ass uh each character has like an intrinsic ability that like helps them 
kind of distinguish from each person. So like Thor, uh, when you hold R2, uh, you use the Odin force. And so like your attacks do more damage and like you take less damage. Uh, but then like while you're holding it, you know, the meter drains. Mm-hmm. Uh, Black Panthers is you can use R2 to like parry people's attacks. And as you do that, you fill the meter up. And once it gets full, you can like unleash a vibranium blast. So like his purple shockwave attack from like the Marvel movies, essentially. Like mm-hmm. you can do that. It's so cool. It feels so good to do. Like he does that sick ass double spinning kick move from Civil War. Like, <laughs> like that's one of his moves that you do. And like he's like quick and fast, but he's also like he feels like a, a heavy hitter, which is, you know, makes sense because he is, you know. Taking eating the heart shaped herb and all that, so he's yeah. on par with like Captain America. But like, I think the the story content that they added, and I say that in air quotes because mm-hmm. everyone's listening. <laughs> it was it was maybe four missions, five maybe, might have been five. Uh, it took me about three and a half hours to get through in total. Um. It added it added some different stuff that I thought was lacking in the base game, uh, and then it left some stuff out really weirdly. Like the game in the game, you have Shield and the Inhumans as like different factions that you can do missions for, uh, and like rank up and get rewards and like buy gear from and stuff. Uh, it seems like a missed opportunity to not have a Wakanda faction. Uh, mm. like when you they added Wakanda as a whole new, um, like outpost. Okay, like, to so where it's like you, a like, hub, like a hub, yeah. And the only and like the other outposts are for Shield and the Inhumans, mm-hmm. where there are factions. So you'd think that like there'd be a faction thing here, but no, there's not. Like weird. The fuck, man. Um, so like it, it just feels like some missed opportunities. Yeah, or like yeah. or they didn't have enough time to finish those things within like the release window that was, you know, they that were they given. Had, yeah. May, it's very possible that they, you know, didn't, and they're planning on updating stuff. I know that like I had a bug and a bunch of other people have had it where, when I think it's, it has to do with captain America's ranged attack. I saw someone say, uh, a big black circle just appears on the screen where the oh, attack geez. is done. <laughs> yeah. And like it's like dude how do you release like that you know in that state yeah uh some cool bugs though that i guess people have had they people have uh uh gotten some audio bugs where they've heard this one character who's uh i forget his name um he's in wakanda and he's like a a spiritual leader or a shaman or something like that um he references uh wanda doctor strange and loki uh in ways that would make it seem like they will be playable characters at some point, which uh, would be really cool. I'd be into that. Um, That's a bug. Yeah. Like it was he's, a bug. Not su- he's not supposed to say that. Cause he, he normally addresses the character that you're talking, that you're playing as uh-huh. uh, like by their name. Oh, but he starts talking to you as if you're these as other characters, Loki, strange Wanda. I think the other ones that huh. were there were uh, Bucky Barnes, she Hulk, Spider-Man and War Machine, I believe. So wow. those are those are the the and they they've guaranteed that Spider-Man will come by the end of this year. And I don't even give a fuck about Spider-Man because like if I want to play Spider-Man, I'll play 
Insomniac Spider-Man. You know what I'm saying? Like, they've yeah. already made two great Spider-Man games yeah. that I have for my PS5. <laughs> like, it's... That's funny though. So they they clearly for that that bug with the you know calling you the wrong superhero. They clearly just had the actor run through all of these names just in case they you know are able to get these characters made. Yeah. And then, but then they they fucking threw it all in there and programmed it wrong. <laughs> yep. Like, and I, I'm you know I like when people find that stuff in data mines and things like that because it's like mm-hmm. oh they might be working on this. But then, like, when you see that stuff in there, and then you have things like these black hole bugs that happen, like, yeah. where just a giant black circle appears where I land an attack, it's like... <sighs> these are exhausted just, like, developers trying to get through and update their code as fast as possible. I know, like, how, how, does, how does upper management, like, justify releasing, like, a product in, in that state and, like, pushing development assets to things like voice acting for characters you you don't know that you'll ever get to make like unless you know they they for sure have to get spider-man done because they they had that big marketing contract with sony about like spider-man is an exclusive playstation character for this game like Mm -hmm. so they have to do that like otherwise i can fucking sue them because I bought I bought the the playstation version to play as Mm spider-man like you know what i'm saying yeah yeah, that was so, the marketing push. Yeah, so it, it'll uh, it, it'll be interesting to see if after Spider Man comes out at the end of this year, uh, if anything else um, gets released. I I have a feeling that they'll be able to get a couple more characters out based on they've finally gotten the license for. Uh, the MCU skins and they've been drip oh, feeding. Okay. They've been drip feeding those, you know, like one skin here and there mm-hmm. uh, since like March ish. And uh, they're like 14 bucks a pop. Ooh. And from what I've seen on Reddit, you know, a lot of people are buying them. The only one that I've bought was uh, the Captain America Endgame skin. Because okay. it went on sale for 900 credits, and I already had 1,000 credits. Like, well, there you go. <laughs> in there. So I was like, Bet Damn, 15 bucks. Yeah, skin prices are, are ridiculous in that game. That's nuts. That's nuts. I mean, that's on par with, like, fucking Fortnite skins, you know? Yeah. But Fortnite's a free-to-play game. I already paid 60 that's true. bucks. No, that's true. Jesus Christ. Well... <laughs> Sounds yeah. like this game's still uh, still going strong. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's going strong, but it, it's there, man. It's limping along. It's there. I'm gonna be, <laughs> I'm gonna be talking about this game until it's dead and buried. <laughs> uh, and I can't wait for the next update, Jordan. <laughs> Dude, I can't either because I want like I want to like it. Like I wanna, I want. I want them to continue the story and shit like that. It's mm-hmm. but it's like I don't know, man. It, it should it just shouldn't have been a game as a service. They should have just fucking and like we're just gonna make a a, a action adventure game. It's got co op online if you want to play it like that. Mm-hmm. That's it. Don't do this. Don't do all this live service bullshit. Like yeah, 
You're you're shooting yourself in the foot, man. That would have been really cool if they released it like just as the game, just as the campaign. You know, you can do like an online co-op through the co- campaign or whatever. Yeah. Like, don't even talk about the games as a service stuff. They could they could have still worked on that stuff aside, and then wait, like drop some, you know, like feed some DLC here and there. You know, they've they're making back some of the the expenses that they spent on this game. And then when the games as a service like portion of it is ready to go, drop it in, you know, like have like this whole, you know, like a GTA online sort of thing where it's 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 a totally separate thing Um, that could have. I I don't understand. I don't understand why that's not the model for other like video games that want to do this like it, it's what makes sense you know like mm-hmm. it doesn't make to... it probably doesn't make financial sense for them though. right yeah but it uh, ghost of tsushima did the same thing where they they released their finished completed full game and then they went legends mode baby let's do it like yeah yeah you know and like, legends mode is great they had all that extra yeah. time to work on it and it's so much fun it's i mean granted it's only a fraction of what you know avengers is trying to be you know, right. with this other stuff but um but yeah i mean but in terms of quality you know like yeah. uh, it 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 clearly proves that like having a clear vision and seeing that through like is much like more profitable in the end than like not having a clear vision and like just getting it out there to hit this release date di- release date that you've arbitrarily set to make shareholders happy like fuck man yeah well this is where art and you know where the line between art and capitalism and that and where they meet and then it just doesn't work you know (laughs) the most frustrating thing in the world but we'll keep our politics out of our video games (laughs) oh i don't know how much longer we can do it brings us to the topic of the show gamescom wrap-up we'll just kind of work our way down this list i when i started adding things to it i just kind of put it in um in uh the order of which they were announced basically the order of which they were shown off at gamescom um mind you there were, gamescom did a ton of different like uh, more indie titles they showed off a whole bunch of like really cool things um i would say the show as a whole was actually really well done oh, yeah. um day one kind of started to kind of lag a little bit towards the end but um i mean when you're doing like a two and a half hour long show you can expect it to, <laughs> to kind of drag on a little bit it's like a right, two and yeah. a half hour long commercial basically is what it was but it was paced pretty well um and it basically kicked off the show with a Saints Row reboot, a uh, CGI trailer. And then later on, they showed a little bit of uh, of gameplay, mm-hmm. but a Saints Row uh, CGI trailer. 
and a release date for February. I didn't get the exact date. February uh, 24th. February 24th next year. So that's kind of cool. And yeah, um, some people were saying that the game looks more grounded than Saints Row. I mean, to me, it still looks arcadey as hell. Yeah, I I don't understand the grounded. I guess because there weren't like purple dildos flying around everywhere, and like <laughs> yeah. I think I think it's because this is Saints Row One that they're remaking. And oh, is it a re- now- I thought it was a reboot, like a reboot of the series. I didn't know that it was a remake or, or a, a reboot. You're right. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay, uh, but I think it's because it was Saints Row One, and people are are thinking. Saints Row 3 or 4, where you're, you know, the president fighting off aliens in virtual reality or what? Isn't that the, the premise of 3 and 4 or yeah, something like yeah, that? Yeah, there's, yeah, there's one where it just gets nuts. Like, you're eventually, like, in hell fighting demons and aliens or some shit. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so I, I guess, you know, people are saying it's more grounded because that is what they're used to now from the more recent iterations of the franchise. Mm-hmm. But I, I played it, uh, I think it was one or two was the, when I first played. Whichever one you could just get a bunch of blunts and 40s and smoke and drink them and make your character throw up. Because like, <laughs> that was what I did the whole time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I played them back like at one and two, and then I stopped. Like That was, mm-hmm. that was around when I was playing them. And uh, I mean, this game looks, it still looks like that to me. And yeah, and that's what I liked. I liked that it was Grand Theft Auto, but wacky, and um, and it focused more on like the different gangs around the city and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and expanding your territory, which I always thought was fun too, because that kind of had almost like a, you know, like a management sim vibe to it. And I, exactly. I love those kind of games. And then you mix that in with like a gangster, like getting territory, Grand Theft Auto like, like oh, that's great. I loved that. Yeah. And so um, I hope that it kind of takes on more of that spirit of one and two and less of like the crazy over the top shit from like whatever the most recent uh, yeah. iterations of the series were. But um, and I, I got to imagine from from the trailer and how it looked that it, it is g- kind of going back to the series beginnings yeah i think so i think so too i mean it's still gonna be kind of crazy like in the trailer it's you know this huge like chase scene that's also a fight scene like they're shooting at each other with rockets and shit's blowing up they're driving across they flip the motorcycle over themselves where they land in the car and throw it at somebody yeah and then it explodes and yeah it's like it's still nuts it's not grounded in any reality so i don't understand the argument with that (laughs) but yeah but um it looks fun still it's gonna be like an arcadey gta and, and i'm here for it yeah Oh yeah. Um next up, uh they the the next big uh reveal was Marvel Midnight Suns. Um this actually sounds pretty cool. I didn't personally see any um gameplay on it. I believe they did show gameplay eventually. Um but um so Marvel Midnight Suns, it's a tactics RPG. Um it's being made by Firaxis. Or did I say that right? Firaxis? Um, they I did. So. They did all the Civilization games, or at least a big chunk of them, and they did uh, the XCOM games. And uh, so, I mean, it's basically it looks and sounds like it's going to be a Marvel XCOM, you know. And that's awesome. That sounds great. 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm I'm here for this. Um I'm trying to see. I couldn't I didn't see gameplay the other day. Um because that was one thing that I was really upset about. Uh but if if there's gameplay, I definitely want to see that because I'm all about tactics RPGs. Um and I love superheroes. I also think that this is a really interesting thing to do. Uh the Midnight Suns um are kind of the more like spooky paranormal uh dealing with ghosts and ghoulies and stuff in the marvel universe oh okay. uh and they're going with um some really like niche characters for this lineup uh the confirmed roster so far is ghost rider doctor strange iron man wolverine captain america magic um nico i don't want to Butcher the last name, Minoru, uh, Captain Marvel, Blade, and the Hunter, um, which is a character specifically created by Firaxis for this game. So the Hunter is an original creation. Okay. Uh, and then, so, okay, yeah, I'm reading a bit, little bit about that now. So, yeah, the player will be able to create and customize their own original hero, and then it's going to be called the Hunter. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, so that sounds interesting. Uh, I think um, they're also Lilith is uh, the villain who is Nico's um, mom, if I remember correctly. Uh, and they, those characters are featured in the Hulu Runaway show, which I watched one season of and then was like, I think I'm too old for CW style teen dramas because it very much uh, was like that. Yeah. Um, but this game looks really cool. Uh, Lilith is the daughter of Dracula and the mother of all demons in the comics. Um, she is like a like a servant of Chathan, uh, you know, who's very eldritch, multiversal evil. So like, okay, it's gonna get fucking weird. This game, uh, I'm here for it. It's probably gonna get weird as hell, uh, and I'm into that. Yeah, I like I like weird Marvel. I. I love it when they, you know, stray from like the standard path that they've written, you know, with all of the movies, with most of the movies, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it sounds cool. I'm excited to see more on it. Um, I mean, I don't know if this is going to be a day one purchase for me quite yet, but um, but yeah, it looks awesome. Sounds like it could be a really cool thing. It is not a day one purchase for me. I've been burned <laughs> by Marvel games. <laughs> Oh man. Um man. After yeah, that, uh the next biggest show at, at the show was a uh, Call of Duty Vanguard. They showed off a um a trailer that was supposed to show like a little bit of gameplay. It was supposedly gameplay. Um at least it, they it made that? it feel like it was gameplay in certain parts of it. Um I don't know that it was, but when will this franchise die? never like when will when will we live in a world where i don't have to have a new call of duty every year i don't think we'll ever live in that world <laughs> i i genuinely think that this series doesn't need the madden treatment and i i'm i genuinely don't think madden needs a madden treatment but money I, will this, dictate otherwise though because it still sells extremely well 
Although I, I guess the last couple haven't done as well as normal, but um, and maybe maybe it's time for them to start looking at at do we do one game and then update it with season passes every year and new maps and blah blah blah. Like, mm-hmm. I really feel like that's going to be the future for a lot of games, man. But I mean, even though I say the last couple haven't done as well, they're still reportedly selling like thirty million units. <laughs> So they're still doing really well. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, compared to the 50 million that they were yeah. doing before. Or yeah. Whatever. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm sure people will play this. I, I don't know how well the like the older themed Call of Duties do as compared to like the more modern stuff. So like modern warfare versus like because this one's going to be in World War Two, right? World War Two, I think. I believe so, yeah. And uh, so I am curious to see what the numbers look like with that. Um, if this is them taking more of like a creative leap, you know, than just like, hey, here's another Call of Duty sort of thing. Um, but I thought it was interesting, and and I didn't rec- I didn't notice this at first. I actually saw somebody on Twitter Twitter pointed out, but Activision doesn't show their name on this game at all during this trailer sequence it's not there at all it doesn't show up until the very end when like in like those small little font it shows like the uh the copyright information Mm. so i'm like okay are they they, uh they're they're trying to hide the (laughs) they're trying to distance themselves from from their brand they don't want to taint their brand yeah yeah so i thought that was interesting um, cause of all the drama, all of the shit that's been happening there, but yeah. And granted, like, you know, Blizzard is a very different wing of Activision, but it's still mm-hmm. the same company. It's still, yeah, it's still the same company. It's all one umbrella yep. that they're under. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I probably won't get this game. Nothing about it spoke to me, but it was a cool looking trailer. Um, but that was about it. That's all I got yeah. out of that. Yeah, the the last kind of game like this that I enjoyed and really played was uh, Battlefield One. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I played Battlefield. F- I did play some Battlefield Five when that that dropped for free uh, in June. I think with PS Plus. Yeah, I definitely got down on that because um, it was free, and I I like the Battlefield games more than Call of Duty because Same. I can I can play support or medic and uh, still get the top of the leaderboards from resupplying and healing people. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the same with that. I love playing support roles in those games. Like, because yeah. it doesn't matter if I get out there and as long as I like heal or, you know, resupply play somebody, play the yeah. objective, it doesn't matter how many times I die in that game. I can still feel like I'm contributing to it. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, and then following up Call of Duty um, was Halo Infinite. Um, they confirmed. I. I can't remember if it was during the press conference that they confirmed that leaked release date um, or if it was just Microsoft separately confirming that. Um, but they at least during this conference, they showed off a new like Halo Infinite themed uh, Elite Pro controller, which looks sick as hell. It looks really yeah, cool. It looks the the whole console that they showed off looks. <sighs> yeah, yeah. And a console that, that comes with like a, a different xbox controller that's all halo themed mm-hmm. um so that looks really cool apparently um you can now pre-order this game in november uh november 15th um and that includes the uh the console edition 
Um, so yeah, I mean, looks cool. They released a, uh, CGI little like kind of story trailer for it as well. Um, that was neat. It was, it was neat. <laughs> yeah. The, the multiplayer season one cinematic trailer. Yeah. Um, is, which is a very wordy title for a trailer, the <laughs> halo infinite multiplayer season one cinematic trailer. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, some other inf- yeah. some other news that came out of this though was um that apparently on release uh like the campaign co-op's not going to be available um and which why what's the point then yeah i don't understand that um something else wasn't going to be available on release too i can't remember exactly what it was um but i mean then again their focus seems to be more on like multiplayer um, cause the multiplayer mm-hmm. is going to be free to play. If you just want to play halo infinite multiplayer, have at it. Yeah. And I, I have a feeling that, uh, they're going to be selling skins oh, yeah. and, you know, armor colors. And, and that's, that is going to be their, their bread and butter going forward. For sure. Yeah. Yep. They're going to cash cow. They're going to take up that model, you know, and I think a mm-hmm. lot of games are looking for those new avenues to fund these you know, increasingly expensive endeavors <laughs> that is that is making a game because they are very expensive. And in capitalism, yeah. if you don't make more money than you did previously in your last quarter, then your company is valued less for some reason, even if you're still extremely profitable. <laughs> it's very odd. Uh, so, yeah. Um, looks cool though. Looks cool. I, I'll probably eventually get an Xbox and then eventually play Halo because I love those games. The multiplayer is always mm-hmm. a ton of fun. That's that's what does it for me. Is like that Halo multiplayer. I know we were just shitting on Call of Duty, but mm-hmm. like, there's something about Halo multiplayer. Maybe it's just being in that that nostalgic kind of feeling of like you know like we talked about in the last episode of like playing halo that like makes you feel like you're in middle school and Mm -hmm. having like a sleepover or something. Yeah. But I don't know what it is. Halo multiplayer just is always, it feels like, like how we talked about destiny's gunplay, how it just feels like tight and like good to shoot. Mm -hmm. Like, Halo just feels so like smooth to play. Like yeah. the multiplayer is always just yeah. It's <sighs> it's butter. It's so easy to get into, and it's just it's great. And from what I've read and heard people talk about, um, for the multiplayer, how it feels for this, it feels like it feels like Halo, but modern Halo. So it's like it's mm-hmm. clearly taking its, you know it's clearly taking notes from like say apex and other modern shooters as well, but it's just translating some of those mechanics from those other games into the halo feel. And, uh, it sounds awesome. Sounds, sounds super good. Um, so yeah, excited for that. Excited to, because you know, it's going to be a while before I even get a PS five. So it's going to be even longer before I get an Xbox. <laughs> so, Man, so. I tried to get you. I, I got an Amazon treasure truck alert. Uh-huh. 
the other day and I was trying to get you one, but it sold out before I could. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I appreciate rough, it, man. though. <laughs> um, I was like, ah! But next up on this list that I made uh, is this really weird looking game, but I had to throw it on here because this was maybe like one of the, in my opinion, standouts of the show. Really? Well, well, okay. Just because of how weird it was. Okay. Like it was so unique amongst everything else that was there. Like this was very odd. And so I was just like, I'm, I'm not going to forget this. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't even know if I'm going to pronounce this correct, <laughs> but, uh, uh, do, 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 yeah, do, do, uh, D O K E V. Um, it looks, it looks awesome, in my opinion. It it's like Splatoon meets Sunset Overdrive meets Jet Set Radio meets maybe Pokemon or Persona a little bit. So one thing I think that's really interesting is that the website originally had it listed as an MMO. Oh and then, wow! And then the developers had to come out and be like, "It's not an MMO. It's not." <laughs> and then they had to remove that from the website from uh, their own website. Yeah, so <laughs> I don't know, man. And the it's got this really weird blend of like a chibi art style yeah. with hyper realistic like water and cityscape and nature graphics. Yeah. Like, yeah, the art style uh, is wild. It's because so apparently in this game you play the role of a tiny little Korean child, or at least yeah. <laughs> it looks like it's set in Korea or somewhere like that. It, it um, is Dokubi are our Korean spirits. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So yeah, you play this little Korean child, and <laughs> but but you're like a chibi version of what a child would look like, but then it chibi version made to look realistic semi-photo realistic <laughs> and uh so the, the little kids look a little weird um but as far as like the rest of the game goes like it's so bright and like the the traversal on it looks nuts like you can rollerblade and skateboard there was like and a, bike. a grappling hook that hooked onto nothing in midair yeah like yeah <laughs> and then you can just like pull out like an umbrella and like glide around and mm-hmm. i don't know it looks like a lot of fun to just kind of be in this the world of this game and travel in it and that we, was a that was a big part of the allure of sunset overdrive just how fun it was to get from place to place um i think it's vaporware and i'll tell you think you it's vapor okay <laughs> no release no like planned console on their website uh-huh. like no information on their website uh i tried to look up um the developers mm-hmm. earlier uh today and i couldn't couldn't really find anything else that they had done let me find oh, that. that's such a shame yeah let me find the developer name again even while um, i'm while i was looking at it um i was getting Pearl that Abyss. vaporware feeling i was getting that feeling like this looks like it's fake oh please don't tell me it's fake it's the weirdest thing at the show <laughs> uh so pearl pearl abyss um is a south korean video game developer they're doing dokuvi mm-hmm. uh which, according to Wikipedia, is planned for Xbox One, PS4, and Microsoft Windows. Um, their other games include Black Desert, uh, Black Desert Online. Um, oh, okay. As well as Crimson Desert, 
which has not been released yet. Uh, the Android iOS game Black Desert Mobile and the Microsoft Windows game uh, Shadow Arena. They also have a first-person shooter MMO that is they have in development uh, called where did it just go? Oh, Plan Eight. Uh, so they don't really have like a lot of a lot of big things to their name. Um, Black yeah, Desert. I mean, as far as I understand, that game does well, decent numbers as uh, far as like people who continually play that game yeah um and they they've been working on the sequel to it since uh it, it finally got a gameplay trailer at 2020 they've been working on it since 2018 the sequel crimson desert um so i mean you know working on one game for four years basically That'll that'll do it. Uh, Pearl Abyss. I, I, I just <laughs> I okay. Know, so man. maybe maybe this is a game that looked really cool then and there, and we're gonna forget about this for like five years, and then it's gonna be a totally different game. So if it even releases, what's his face? That guy at a. There was this Ubisoft game that was supposed to be about druids. And you could like turn into animals. Oh. Uh, it looked really cool. Wild. It was called Wild. Was that Ubisoft? Yeah, Ubisoft was going to do it. Um, it was announced in 2014. Yeah, because I remember it, that game looked great. It got canceled uh, like six years later when Michael Ansel finally retired. I think this is going to be one of those games where we see it, it looks cool, we see it for a few years, and then we never see it again. And it just yeah. quietly gets canceled. Yeah. I mean, um, I can totally see that. We see it, it's going to go silent for a while, and then like three other smaller indie games that somewhat resemble this mm-hmm. game are going to come out. Yep. Here's why. All the games that, that show to Gamescom that are going to release mm-hmm. didn't show gameplay all right that's true this this like, was like all gameplay yeah <laughs> supposedly like, yeah yeah and it looked too good like too close like close to release good yeah for for not having a release date or even a platform on the website i don't believe that this game exists god damn it god damn it why did you have to <laughs> go and why did you have to go and research this? Just let me be excited for the thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was. I'm. I'm excited for for some of the other other things. <laughs> well, speaking of games that have a release date, uh, moving along, um, PlayStation had a very very short little section for Horizon Forbidden West, where really they just had one of the directors. Um, I believe it was one of the game's directors come up onto the screen and mm-hmm. announce the release date, February 18th, 2022, which I think is the first time they've announced the release date, right? But yeah. um, 
like a, like the exact release date. Yes. But previously, they were saying that it was going to come out in 2021. Um, so technically, this is a delay. <laughs> uh, th- that was to be expected. I think. Yeah. I think they had announced um, that it was getting delayed, or or quietly hinted that it was getting delayed um, a month or so ago. Uh, I mean, more than anything, I hope that with the delay, they're able to really push the envelope of what the game is capable of on the PS5. I'm really, I'm upset that it's a dual release in a selfish manner. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I now, I, am, I, I, I don't even have a PS5, and I'm upset that it's going to be a dual release. Like, I, I know, sure, I'll be able to play the game because I, I can play it on PS4, and that's great for a lot of people who want to play this, you know, next step in the in the series but um but yeah i totally agree with you i want to see them focus on that next gen platform yeah so that way it can be even better than what you know it could be currently yeah Um, and i i really wish that uh that there were more ps5s available yeah to the normal person and not just the scalpers to justify the game being a PS five exclusive. Cause that's, that's what it is. You know, it's mm-hmm. there's a, a, what is it? Close to a hundred million people with PS fours and you don't want to alienate. That's even yeah. if only half of them buy the game and you know, at least 10% will though. Mm-hmm. So, well, it's, a, it's, a it's just game. funny because you know it's related to the lack of hardware on the on the market, mm-hmm. but it's funny. Like literally right before the fucking pandemic hit, uh, the PlayStation CEO I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Uh, he literally came out and said PlayStation's focus has always been on pushing their next gen hardware. Yep. And he he was doubling down on saying that all of their upcoming like first party games, essentially he was saying this, that they were all going to be PS5 exclusives. They were going to be focused on the PS5. And holy shit, did he eat his words fast because then the pandemic hit like just months later and everything's been on halt since. Yep. So, so I... I... Because, you know, the, the problem with it releasing on both consoles is either it's going to release on uh, PS4 and PS5 and the PS4 version isn't going to run well at all, or the PS5 version isn't going to run as well as it could, potentially, yeah, or look as it good or as good as it could, potentially. And that is... Obviously, you know, the, the latter is the, the preferable choice because, you know, even if it doesn't look as great as it could, like, at least it's still a complete playable experience. But I really think that as much as the wider player base benefits from, you know, more people being able to play this game, I think that in the long run, it's going to really, like, potentially hurt PS5 sales if they keep releasing games on both consoles and don't point don't have something they can point to and say this is a PS5 experience. And I think that they needed to really position Horizon or God of War or both as 
you know, as that definitive flagship killer app. But unfortunately, you know, with the, the pandemic and the situation, I that's really forced their hand into having to dual release uh yeah these titles so sucks sucks all the way around for everybody yeah i think so um but i mean fortunately i think that like sony's usually pretty good with their first party stuff as far as like you know keeping the experience consistent across the board i would say i i Mm. i but you do have a point when you say like it's just you know it's not going to push the hardware as much as it could you know for ps5 so that's the big bummer um but moving along next up (laughs) and i just put i just put this here because i thought it was hilarious uh there was like a five minute five to eight minute section i don't think it was eight minutes but of just uh, a chick dancing around the stage playing the violin for excuse me her name is Lindsay Sterling <laughs> okay <laughs> okay Lindsay Sterling playing the violin <laughs> to uh, for the Tales games anniversary or something like that yeah man her name's Lindsay Sterling <laughs> she also plays Pokemon and Zelda themes Okay. Okay. So I mean this was big for her and I'm not going to undercut that. I just think that that it was it was weird. It it felt I mean it came out of nowhere. Who likes the Tales games? I guess a lot of people do. They always look cool. I'm always tempted to get into the series cuz every new one that they announce and release it's like, "Oh, that looks really good." But then I just never um Never actually pick them up. Because they they retain their value for so long. And by the Mm -hmm. time they go on sale, there's already like another one out. So I'm like, oh, I don't I don't want to get the old one if the new one's coming out soon. (laughs) So I never get into them. That's that's how I am with Dragon Quest. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I thought that was just interesting. Just right smack dab in the middle of the show. Um, There's a great. Great violinist, I will say. She is, yeah. She's incredibly talented. Um, uh, and then uh, another game that was shown off a bit, and this was announced previously, um, I think at Summer's Summer Game Fest, or before Summer Game Fest, but then it was shown at Summer Game Fest, um, is Sifu. Is that how you pronounce that? I believe so. Sifu. And uh, it looks fucking badass. It looks so good. I love how good the melee combat in this looks. I love Holy the PS1 shit. era art style. Yeah, yeah. It like, looks just like a clean, like a cleaner fighter. version of that. Yeah, yeah. Cause it's very polygonal, you know, and mm-hmm. um you, you see all those rough edges. And uh, but it just looks super clean and and the combat looks so good. It looks so f- like physical. Like you can mm-hmm. f- like when you I don't it's know, just from, yeah, yeah, it has weight to it. Yeah. And um yeah, I'm really excited for this game. Um, anybody listening, I recommend you go check out like all of the trailers that, that they've released for this game because it just looks really fucking cool. Um, and then to finish the show, at least day one, I believe it was, they spent like 15 fucking minutes on Death Stranding. <laughs> Dude. They spent so long on Death Stranding. 
Don't even care about Death Stranding. Not anymore. anymore. I'm done. I'm. Do- I didn't watch like, it. I didn't even watch it. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm sorry, Kojima. Look, you're great. We know. We, we know, know you're great. We know, like, man. I, just stop. Make some, make Metal Gear. Jeff well, Keighley. We get it. Konami. You're friends with Kojima. All right. Right. Like, <laughs> what else do you need? Why, why, come on. Yeah, I, 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 I get that. You know, they have to push the Death Stranding director's cut. Um, but I'm just, why, why 15 minutes on that game? Why not 15 minutes on Horizon Forbidden West? You yeah. Know? Like, yeah, we didn't, we didn't need this. We didn't need this. No, no. I, <laughs> I, I think that this, this goes back to them not having any killer app for the PS5. You know, this, they're, they're pushing this as like, is this, is this Sony's big first party holiday release? Honestly. That's what it looks like. Honestly, they this should. Is their, this is their big holiday 2021 PS5 exclusive release. I guess. It's Death Stranding's director cut. Which two years ago was their big first party exclusive PS4 game. I think Death Stranding. I think they. I think the original plan was Horizon Forbidden West. I think that yeah. they were really banking on that coming out for this holiday. And I mean. Kudos on Sony for allowing the team to push it because they know that it's not quite ready. It's not where they want it to be. Um, but yeah, I mean, they didn't have they didn't have any backups. <laughs> no, nope, clearly, I, I think that now is the time to. Uh, if you've got any any ports you're sitting on, Sony, now's the time to drop them. That or <laughs> or you know, I don't know, man. Come out, come out with some sort of big. PlayStation Plus incentive, or you know, yeah, or, or partner up with like some third party, you know, developer for some kind of like console. I don't know DLC exclusivity or something like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, as far maybe, as like maybe the next gen version of Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven will uh, <laughs> will be because the marketing rights were for Xbox. When it when it dropped originally, so maybe they'll go to the PlayStation for the next gen version, and and they'll get exclusive DLC or something. I don't I don't know, but Oof. it is it it. I don't know what they're. I don't think they they really need a big holiday game because it's still so hard to get a PS Five like that. Like the console itself yeah. is is like the big ticket item. Yeah, I think so too. But I. You gotta, you gotta have something that justifies, like, you know, like I bought my PS5 because I was like Miles Morales, like I'm gonna play the Miles Morales game, like, and you know I could have played that on PS4, yeah, but like I wanted a fucking PS5, and that wanted was that my ray excuse. tracing, man. Yeah, man, and like you gotta, you that's how you get people, man. You gotta, if, you gotta give them that game that like <laughs> you're like you can only get this on the PS5, and like I could have got it on the PS4, but I knew I was gonna, it was gonna be a uh, arguably inferior experience, and like I knew if I didn't buy the PS5 when I had the opportunity, I'd kick myself later on. So. Yeah. Um, but now I'm almost wondering, should I have kept the five hundred dollars? No, like what? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think that I think that the their holiday big ticket item is just going to be the console, and then the games that you know haven't sold as well because. You know, not everybody has a PS5. 
you know. Like Here's what I'm gonna tell you. In the first four months of the Switch's launch, mm-hmm. yeah, first four months, it had dropped Breath of the Wild, which was a dual release on the Wii U and the Switch. Mm-hmm. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, an enhanced port of a Wii U game. Mario and Rabbids Odyssey or uh, Kingdom Battle, which was a Switch exclusive. Splatoon 2, which was a Switch exclusive. And then, three months after that, what do they drop? Mario Odyssey. <laughs> what has Sony released in that same time frame? So eight months from, yeah, from Switch launches in March until November when Mario Odyssey launches, which was, you know, the, their, I would say their first big fucking exclusive game. You know, and we're at the same eight months. It came out November, December last year. It's August now. Eight months. You got Sackboy. You got that's a dual release. That's the, not that's not a Mario level exclusive. No, that's true. That is a dual release. You got Ratchet and Clank. You got Returnal. You got Demon, Demon Souls. S- Demon Souls. And I would say none of those come close to being like a. a it's not a Mario. It's not, it's not a, a Mario, Mario Odyssey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Horizon was, you know, that's not their Mario. I would say their Mario is God of War. Probably, probably God of, in terms of, of critical acclaim, I would say Last of Us. Mm, yeah. Probably. Yeah. I mean, um, God of War is like, God of War is, I, I would say, I would say in terms of, yeah, like, God of War is probably their most well-known franchise. So yeah, yeah, I would say Kratos is probably their Mario. Yeah. yeah. Um, ooh, and Aloy is their Link. I like that. I like that. Uh, kind of, yeah. Uh, yeah. Which I which brings me to my next point is part part of the other problem now is with um, Horizon being delayed into 2022 is what if Breath of the Wild releases again oh, the no. same time the same release window. Oh as no. As Horizon. They're shooting for a 2022 release. They never said when in 2022. They Honestly, could very well be. Yeah. You know, I didn't expect the first Breath of the Wild to launch in March. I expect that as a holiday game. Yeah. Like, that's, you know. I thought yeah. that was going to be the big title, but no. So That would be rough if they go up against each other again. Because, I mean... At least now people know what Horizon is. You know, they've gotten to experience it, the people who have wanted to. So I feel like those people will still buy, you know, Horizon Forbidden West. But I mean, when Breath of the Wild came out and Horizon came out, I got both the day they came out. I didn't touch Horizon for months. For months. I started it and then immediately forgot about it and continued playing breath of the wild and then didn't touch it for months. Yeah. I, on, on the day the switch launched, I got, I got my switch. I got my breath of the wild. I got all my Zelda amiibo. Mm-hmm. And then my girlfriend at the time got horizon zero dawn and like was trying to like, you know, like she'd be playing on the TV and be like, Oh, look at blah, 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 all this. And I was like, okay, can you climb up that mountain over there though and then jump <laughs> off of it and then just fly away? No? Oh, I'm gonna do that. Like <laughs> <laughs> boop, 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 boop. 
Woo! Yep. <laughs> oh man, that would be rough if that happened again. <laughs> yeah, that's it, not. It's 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 like putting up, you know, a really really good steak up against like a really 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 good steak sandwich. <laughs> like the two are. They're similar ingredients, <laughs> different different delivery. Yeah, one is clearly better. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there's a reason the Breath of the Wild was on our bracket last week, and Horizon Zero Dawn was not. Yeah, and it's not a knock on Horizon Zero Dawn. It's like I don't. It's not a knock on steak sandwiches. I love me a steak <laughs> sandwich. You know, like <laughs> I had a prime rib for lunch yesterday. Okay, mm. or a uh, prime rib. French dip for lunch yesterday. So, like, I love steak sandwiches. <laughs> but I'm not going to say that, like, I'm picking a steak sandwich over a steak. Like, yeah. You know. No. No. But, but anyways. <laughs> that was a long, long winded. I don't even remember how we got to that. Oh, yeah. Death Stranding, 15 minutes. <laughs> okay. Right, that, Whatever. Uh, I, I skipped I through we, it. <laughs> I thought we were still talking about Horizon. How did we come back to that? <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't know how we looped all Hol- the way back around to that holiday uh, releases. That, that's that, okay, yeah, yeah, that's what that's it was. How. That's how. But moving along, I mean, that was basically the gist of the show. Uh, the following days of Gamescom, they kind of just took a further dive into some of these mm. titles um, and uh, talked a little bit about it. Like, um, I know IGN got like an interview, um, or not an interview, just more of like a hands off. Um, showing of of uh, of why can i think of it off the top of my head why can't i think of it the, the next souls game that's not souls elden ring mm. elden ring so i'm i don't i was like he's gonna get there i don't want yeah. help. Gonna... <laughs> it's like god damn um but yeah they got like a it was like a 15 minutes uh hands-off showing of the game or something like that or it was just an interview of the game but mm-hmm. um sounds really cool it's like gonna be a true open world that, um, that's also a dual release though isn't it uh is I it think, i'm pretty sure that's that's i don't i don't think that that is confirmed ps5 uh look that up series x exclusive um I could definitely be wrong about that. Uh, no, that's that's a dual release. PS4, Xbox One, PS5, and Series X and okay. Windows. So yeah, it's it's again, we're not seeing Yeah. Wow. You know, I got a buddy who said that, that that's his killer app. That's the game where he's like, I don't want to play this on a PS4. I don't want an inferior experience. Uh-huh. You know, but it's again. This is one game though that's too big for me to not hold off on. Uh, I mean, for me personally, um, I'm going to get this PS on PS4 if I don't have a PS5 by then. Like anything else, like I'm going to hold off on Horizon. I'm going to hold off on, um, like I've been holding off on Miles Morales, even though I loved uh, Spider-Man. You know, PS4. But um, this is one I will not hold off on. I just couldn't. I just couldn't love these games too much. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, that's basically Gamescom in a nutshell. It got 
some more details of games shown off, you know, aside from what we've just talked about here. But um, what, what, overall, what rank, I, huh? what ranking, what rating would you give the show? Uh, the show as a whole, I, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like super exciting. You know, I don't want to be too negative on it because um, I feel like Jeff Keighley paced everything pretty well. There was, you know, some they sprinkled some in some fun little indie titles throughout. Um, so I don't know. I'd say like a, a seven and a half out of ten, you know. Say like a seven point eight out of ten. OK, I'm going to give it three and a half Luigi's out of Mario. <laughs> How many Luigi's make a Mario? Uh, same number of Princess Daisies to uh, Yoshi's. Okay. Okay. That math checks out. Mm-hmm. Math checks out. Anyways, let's start wrapping up. But before we get out of here, let's talk about some of the games that we've been playing. So, Jordan, you've already talked a little bit about Marvel Ultimate, not Marvel Ultimate Alliance. You talked about uh, Marvel's Avengers uh, War of Wakanda, which I know you've been playing. But I know that previously you did mention uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance also before we started the show. Um, yes. How is that? That's been out for a bit, right? It came it came out summer 2019, if I remember yeah. correctly. Uh, I didn't pick that up because at the time I picked up Fire Emblem Three Houses instead, uh-huh. uh, which whew, that game is good. Uh, I still got to do a third third playthrough of that. I've done two, um, but really liking Ultimate Alliance so far. Um, it's it's very much uh, in the vein of like those you know Gauntlet games. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, the team that I'm using uh, for the most part that I'm playing with is Star Lord, Spider Man, Scarlet Witch, and Wolverine. Okay. Uh, which there's there's a lot of characters in the game, which is really cool. I'm not super far into the story. Um, I'm switching back and forth between Ultimate Alliance and Spelunky Two, which mm-hmm. just dropped on Switch earlier this week. Uh, frustratingly hard, but I love the lore and like the the world building and the music yeah. of of the games. Uh, and it's it does the the idea of uh, just one more run like <laughs> so much so well like I found myself the other night playing it until you know close to two a.m. This was like I'm just just one more run yeah just one more run I feel like one it's, more run like, it's meant to be played on the Switch I feel like the Switch is the perfect mm-hmm. platform for it yeah because like if I and I might even repurchase it again for the Switch because I have it on PS five or PS four right now and um. I mean, I love Spelunky. I love Spelunky too. They're great games. They're fantastic. Very frustrating games. Not for everyone. Um, super difficult. Yes. Um, if you're not a fan of games where you're just going to die all the time, um, and then you have to kind of learn from your deaths, uh, then this is not 
probably not going to be from you if that gets you down um because this these games are about learning and relearning from your deaths and mistakes <laughs> um, so, but it, it'd be perfect for switch because then you could just you just pick it up start it right up start a quick run or two and then put it down you know yeah. whereas like a playstation you know you gotta boot it up it takes a little bit you know not not just that i've been playing so i have spelunky one on my ps5 and i specifically waited until two came out on the switch mm -hmm. to buy two uh so i could play it with my wireless uh super nintendo controller oh okay because the the difference in that split d-pad that the playstation controllers have and having a full d-pad like a nintendo or an xbox controller mm -hmm. is night and day for is it really for, for the ability to control your character uh it's it helps a lot and i i personally like to use my my super nintendo online controller for all 2d platformer style games that mm -hmm. i play on my switch so like hollow knight celeste um oh, that'd be so good to play celeste with uh golf story i used it for as yeah. well um war groove uh because you know it's got all the buttons the zr and zl buttons are just really tiny on the on the back of it but um uh pretty much any game that doesn't have uh doesn't make use of a second control stick or force you to use a control stick to move mm -hmm. um it, it works incredibly incredibly well for um so yeah uh, i i haven't tried dead cells yet i should give dead cells a try with that yeah um dead cells uh is is a lot you know they're like spelunky is a roguelite um and it's probably one of the only other roguelites that i really enjoy um Aside from uh, Spelunky 2, though, uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance and War for Wakanda, I also played through Super Metroid. Uh, I think that's the best tutorial-free game ever made. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's, that's by far the best game with, with zero things on the screen telling you what to do. Uh, as long as you're smart enough to kind of think about what you've just done in the game and, like, you know, like... Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think all told, it took me about 15 hours to play through it. I basically played through it all day, one day, Saturday, and then part of Sunday. Um, and it's, God, it's so fucking good. So atmospheric. Yeah. So, like, I definitely wouldn't have beaten it had I not been playing, you know, the emulated version on Super Nintendo Online where you can rewind uh, the game and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. That helped for, like, a lot of bosses. Because... Uh, fucking hard man it's a yeah. hard hard game yeah. uh that, but that i love that rewind feature on those old games it really motivates me to keep finish. playing them yeah yeah <laughs> yeah uh i i don't it's a, the kind of game that i never finished as a kid because i didn't have the patience to and now as an adult with you know that added quality of life feature like i'm able to and it's i i wish i could play um like a lot more older like jrpgs that i couldn't sit through as a kid uh i wish i could play that now with with the rewind feature mm -hmm. um yeah what are you playing um well uh, it's funny i didn't write it down on the list but since you mentioned it um speaking of super metroid um in that same vein i've also been playing um uh, axiom verge 2 a little bit um i have not gotten all that far into it so i don't have a whole lot to say about it 
Uh Um, but I am enjoying it so far. Uh, Not as much as I enjoyed the first one. And I think it's only because where I'm at in the game, um, atmospherically, it's not the best. It's a little boring. Um, and I really liked the atmosphere of the first one. Um, so that is maybe kind of throwing me off just a little bit, but, um, but still it's a really cool game. It's got great music. Um, interesting pixel art. Um, I'm excited to keep playing it. And, uh, I've been also been playing, sorry, go ahead. I almost picked that up before I I remember that Spelunky two um, was coming out this week because when I finished Metroid, Mm-hmm. I, I was like, I want to play like another like Metroidvania, like yeah. really. And then I was looking up reviews of Axiom Verge two, and then I remembered Splunky two was coming out Thursday, and I was mm-hmm. like, I'm just gonna hold save off my money. Then. I'm gonna yeah, save, yeah. <laughs> just hold off until that drops. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you might like Axiom Verge. Uh, you re- you probably will. Uh, have you played the first one? No, no. Um, but I, I, the first one was on 3ds, right? Um, I don't remember if they br- if they it was on 3ds also. Um, I played it on PlayStation Four. So uh, maybe I'm thinking of no, it was on Switch. I'm thinking of a different game. Then I'm thinking of uh, a a game like this, but it was also a crossover with. Oh, I'm thinking of uh, Gunvolt, Gunvolt Striker for some reason. Oh, okay. I'm not sure what that game Completely is. different. <laughs> well, yeah, this this is a Metroidvania. I, you might like it. You you might really be into it. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, also another Metroidvania, because I've been playing two Metroidvanias off and on, which is probably a bad idea. A yeah. huge, <laughs> but um, Ender Lily's uh, Quietest of the Nights, which is um, really cool. Uh, it's it's got kind of more of like a uh, um, Japanese art style, like anime art style aesthetic, but it mm-hmm. reminds me a lot in like it's moment to moment gameplay and it's like um, it's uh, kind of moodier environments. It reminds me a lot of Hollow Knight. Um, I will say uh, Hollow Knight is the superior version of this. Uh, uh, it's just, you know, Hollow Knight's great, but this game is giving me some Hollow Knight vibes for sure. Um, and I'm really enjoying it. Like it's combat is like super smooth. Um, I, I really love it. You end up finding like these different like monsters or demons or whatever they are. And, um, you end up fighting them and they're either like a, a little mini boss or a full blown boss. And then when you beat them, um, you gain like their abilities. So like you have these different like souls of these monsters that you kind of like attach to yourself and then you can, you do different attacks based on you know what soul you have linked to your character um and then on top of that it's like your you know your traditional metroidvania super cool um i really dig it yeah great music um i'm having a lot of fun with it and then uh also i've been playing the ghost of tsushima uh tsushima uh dlc which is oh the ikishima island yeah yeah I How really like it. It's a lot of fun. I was actually just playing it before we started recording, and um, I like it. I like it. I mean, it's just more. It's more ghosts. It's more, and it's great. <laughs> yeah, I I wanna I wanna get the the PS5 version of the game, but games are seventy bucks now, man. Yeah, it's expensive. <laughs> hey, oh. But it's, it's good, like, man. When you have the money, or when it goes on sale, or something like pick it up because the DLC is great. 
Yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I think that's the game that I'm going to hold out for a Black Friday sale on, mm-hmm. and and hope oh, and pray for sure. Well, for sure. Yeah, one. that yeah. it drops to like fifty. Yeah. And I can I can pick it up then, but yeah, I really really want to play that, especially with like the PS5 enhancements, and mm-hmm. uh, I think it'll be really cool to play it with the the Japanese audio with like now that they fixed the lip syncing and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Japanese audio, black and white, like uh, and a I've, Kurosawa movie. I've heard great things about just how the game feels on the um, the Dual Sense. Mm-hmm. Um, like with, you know, drawing your bow and everything and just, ugh, it just sounds, it sounds amazing with that controller and on PS5. Um, but even on PS4, I'm really enjoying it. It's a great game and just more of that great game. And, uh, lastly, I played and beat 12 minutes, uh, which, <laughs> which, uh, I won't go into spoilers for anybody, uh, but it, I, <sighs> I don't recommend this game. <laughs> it, uh, it's, so it's like a point and click adventure that's based around this time loop of 12 minutes. And okay. uh, you star as this, this guy who shows up home and you know, your wife greets you and she, she wants to surprise you with like having a dessert and everything. And, and, you know, she's going to surprise you with some good news. And then a cop shows up and basically beats the shit out of you guys and uh and then time loops and then you end up figuring out a little bit more here and there of why this guy shows up if he even really is a cop and what's going on and you have to try to break out of this time loop and uh the twist in this have you heard anything about this game jordan no um well the twist is some m night Shyamalan-esque bullshit it is also disgusting (laughs) um and i won't really i won't really go into any more detail than that but um it was uh there was a couple Uh, moments in the game where it's like very unpleasant i just read one line in the wikipedia plot summary that made me go what Uh, yeah, so I won't go into spoiler details for anybody who, you know, does want to pick up this game or if you're in the middle of a run Yo, and you want to see it to the um, end. But. Uh, we need to do uh, uh, an episode about this game and talk <laughs> and and talk about some of the thematic elements that they're trying to discuss and get into and how uncomfortable I am with that. Yeah, yeah. It's uh <laughs> it is very uncomfortable to put mildly. <laughs> Yuck. And it is not executed well. It's not like they handled these very touchy elements and they did it Ooh. really well. It's done poorly. <laughs> it's <laughs> gross. Yeah. Ugh. Um, so yeah, don't recommend that. I will say my first couple hours with it, I was having fun, even though mechanically speaking, it was a little clunky. Um, but I mean, I like point and click adventures when they're done well. And I would say at first this was done well. Um, but then you you know the cracks kind of start to show later on, and then with the ending and some of the topics with how uncomfortable it felt, I just was not happy with it. Was not happy with it. Yeah, I'm I'm uncomfortable knowing that we've devoted so much of this podcast episode to this game. <laughs> so that is a hard pass from Corey. Do not play this game, please. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to second 
that that non-endorsement of playing this game. I did, however, recommend Jordan play it if he wanted to get angry at a video game the other day. If he had, A, extra money that he didn't care about losing to spend on a game that he, B, will hate, because I need to talk to somebody about this desperately. <laughs> I have never I have never been so happy to not own an Xbox or gaming PC in my entire <laughs> life. Oh my Ugh. god. Yeah, it's rough. But anyways, that concludes the episode of Backlit Games. <laughs> what a thank note to go out on. Yeah, I know, huh? <laughs> uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, Go ahead and tell a friend about the podcast. We uh, love to expand our listenership based on the fact that this is, in fact, the only video game podcast. So, I mean, I'm sure they'll want to check it out. Yeah. Because nobody else is doing this. And if they have questions related to video games, uh, they can tweet or DM them to us. And Mm -hmm. we we will do our best to not get angry at them. Yeah. And call and and tell you why your opinions are bad, mm-hmm. or shower them with unnecessary praise. Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Forik House. Jordan is at Jordan is rad. Right? Yes, yeah. Jordan is rad. Jordan is rad. Um, you can follow the podcast on Twitter, although it's not too active. Uh, at Backlit. Is it just at Backlit Games? See, I don't even know what the uh, Twitter yeah. handle is. It's at Backlit Games. Don't tell them it's not active. <laughs> check out, check us out on social media and see some of the other cool stuff we do and some of our other opinions that didn't make it into the show. Yeah, uh, go listen to my other podcast, Talk Good. I get together with my buddy Brandon Carroll and uh, guest of the week, and we talk about other media and Ooh. current events and. Things that happened on Twitter that you are going to forget about by the time the episode airs. We're really good about doing that. So Ooh, topical. Who's your guest this week? <laughs> Our guest this week was a friend of ours, Corey Gabelli. Um, she, we talked about uh, hyperfixation and things that we either as kids or adults have been hyperfixated on. Um, mm. Her in particular, she was hyperfixated currently is hyper fixated on the new Bo Burnham special. So uh-huh. yeah. That is a great special. So yeah. I, it is. Uh, that is the highest piece of art from the pandemic era. <laughs> yeah, it is, probably. There's also that, you know, that uh imagine commercial with all those celebrities. I'd say that's oh. high art at this point. Oh man. <laughs> That that is up there. That is up there. You know what anyway, else? Yeah, what else is up there? Those video those videos on TikTok of people who write fancy like word art of like uh, vines or like scenes of TV shows and movies. You know what I'm talking about? I've, I've not seen those. Uh. Uh-uh. They the they have like crazy good handwriting and they uh-huh. write out the dialogue of like a scene as like it's playing in the background. <laughs> And like, it's really cool, man. Like, I'm not going to lie. It's really fucking cool. (laughs) Well, I'll have to check that out. But anyways, thank you guys again so much for listening. This has been Backlit Games and we're out. We're out.